This is Hammond. And Jessica. And you're listening to the Friendly Atheist Podcast. Please go to patreon.com slash friendly atheist podcast to support the show. And I want to give a shout out to some of our more recent new patrons. Those include Theegis K, Jeff M, Lynette J, Aaron M, Freethinker215, Ryan C, Zane J, Destiny L, and Bethany C. Thank you so much. We appreciate it. Hello, Jess. Do you think Ryan C gets called Ryan Seacrest sometimes? God, I hope not. <laughs> for his um, sake. Hey, Hammond. Oh, also, um, we usually send out letters. Those are going to be a little bit delayed because Hammond and I haven't been in the same room for two months, so it's hard for us to both sign a thing. Yeah, but we'll get those out soon. Um, <laughs> yeah. Man, this week just seems to get progressively worse um do you want to start talking let's start talk about the news that just happened like a few hours ago and we can kind of go backwards from there okay i'm not gonna lie since about seven o'clock when i was making dinner i made dinner watched two episodes of lost and an episode of schitt's creek so i have no idea what's going on in the news today and guess what i was happy for the first time in like a month (laughs) no one gets to be happy yet (laughs) i know okay so here's what happened The Trump administration, uh, this is Friday night, they basically finalized a rule that lets doctors, nurses, insurance providers, employers, everyone associated with healthcare, they can refuse service to LGBTQ people if it violates their religious beliefs. But more technically speaking, and this is kind of the bigger issue, um, the Trump administration has changed the definition of what qualifies for sex discrimination. Under like the Obama rules that they had, transgender people were included in sex discrimination. No longer. Now the rule says it's limited to people who are male or female as determined by biology. That's their wording. Which basically Sorry, intersex means, people, you yeah. don't exist according to biology. Nope. And this has been in the works for a while. Like, it was literally more than a year ago when they first said, we're going to do this thing, but it's going to take a while. And then there were complaints and they go through a while. But today they finalized the rule. And so what does that mean in practice? Here's what this means in practice. Uh, and I'm quoting from uh, someone who uh, was quoted in an NPR piece. She said, a trans person could, for example, be refused care for a checkup at a doctor's office. A trans man could be denied treatment for ovarian cancer or a hysterectomy could be not covered by an insurer or cost more if it's related Mm -hmm. to gender transition. Like, and here's, I was looking for what is their justification for doing this? Because in my head, it's like, because cruelty. Cruelty. Yeah, Yeah, cruelty is the point. That's your whole mission if you're a Republican. In the Trump administration, cruelty is a feature, not a bug. Exactly. Um, And the other reason I could think of immediately is this is something that connects with white evangelical Christians who don't even think trans people exist. And so this is kind of another way of letting them know that, hey, you keep me in office, I will grant your religious wishes to deny the existence of trans people and make LGBTQ people suffer immensely so maybe this is like i I know it's been in the works for a while but this is also like a campaign pitch to them like you think we're cruel well we know you're cruel and we are in this together so let's be cruel together 
You know, it's the wild thing is that they're actually right. Trans people don't exist. Uh, when I was in D.C., I hung out uh, with a uh, listener, Alice, and she's trans. And I took a picture together. And when it got developed, she was gone. It was fucking wild, You're man. Trans people are all vampires. Um, yes. Or ghosts. One or the other. Definitely sure that the only thing I can be sure of is trans people are either vampires or ghosts. That's the only thing I'm sure of anymore. Send the memo to Glad. Yeah. Um, So I was looking like the Trump administration is not going to say like cruelty is the point as their stated reason for doing this. And so so it's religious liberties, right? It's always that. They, I don't even think their official announcement mentioned religious liberties, but the one thing they did say is that the move would save, quote, $2.9 billion in undue and ineffective regulatory burdens over five years. Because I guess it's less paperwork for doctors or something. But I'm saying, like, their argument is, hey, we just helped you save about $3 billion in the healthcare system. Meanwhile, like, today, also, the Trump administration said, hey, we gave out $500 billion worth of bailout funds to corporations, and we're not going to tell anybody who's getting that money. Like, don't ask. We're not going to tell you. Hi, I'm Steve Mnuchin. That's what they did today. Three billion is pocket change for them because they're not playing with their money. They're playing with taxpayer money. They don't care. I just, I don't know. Like, I think I've said this every week for the last three years, but I don't know how they keep getting worse. I know. Just when you think they can't because there are no options left. Nope, they find them. There are always ways to get more cruel to the same people. Because, I mean, if you look at 2020, we started 2020 like, okay. That was 17 years ago? uh Uh-huh. The Democratic primary was kind of a shit show. It was this year. Jesus. Yeah. But January didn't even count. Mm -mm. (laughs) January is legally part of 2019. So 2019 was 13 months. But then Uh we got COVID. And we're like, okay, so Biden's our nominee. Ugh, but fine. COVID happened. Well, things sure couldn't get a lot worse than a global pandemic. Cops kept killing, murdering black people. So now we have to protest that. So we have an idiot in the White House, a global pandemic, which is still happening. And I, by the way, when they're making sure trans people and LGBTQ people don't have comprehensive health care because they could be discriminated against in the middle of a pandemic just to make it by the way today's the anniversary of the pulse nightclub massacre oh my god it's pride month and like they picked today because they knew it would sting a There's little more just like fucking trump monster. is doing his rally next friday which is juneteenth in tulsa in Tulsa. Like they specifically pick it because they know it'll rub liberals the wrong way the most. It's like that's their so, goal. It's so unendingly cruel. And another thing, did like, you learn about June? Miller is watching this and smiling. Yeah, it's the first time he's smiled and it's horrible. Yeah. Um, did I learn about Juneteenth in school? Yeah. No. Did you learn about the Tulsa race massacre? No. Okay, I didn't either, and something tells me our generally white education system kind of did dirty by the history of black people, huh? 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I'm sure a lot of people who are way more educated than we are could tell us that. Oh, and yeah. Like, I, it's only now that I'm realizing, like, oh, yep, didn't learn any of that stuff. I won't even blame my teachers for that one because, like, I like them. They, I thought they taught me well. But you're right. There are glaring blind spots in our education. Individuals don't necessarily have the most, like, you would know better than I do, right? They have a certain number of things they have to hit. Yeah, I mean, our our required syllabus of stuff, the required curriculum, it had the the types of things we had to teach. I was lucky that I had more leeway with how I could well, teach. In the sexy but, word, world of math, no rules, anything goes. Yeah, yes, exactly. But yeah, I have I don't remember any conversations I overheard or talked to with colleagues who taught history or social studies or whatever, where I like I don't know what was required in Illinois law that they have to teach in history classes or if Juneteenth would be a U.S. history topic. And like, is that covered? I don't know if AP U.S. history covers it because I don't remember learning it in that class. I learned what Juneteenth was like three years ago, and I learned mm-hmm. about the Tulsa race massacres. Watchmen. This year. <laughs> yeah. How fucking imb- and I'm not in, like I'm not the smartest person I know. That's obviously not you, but it's somebody else. I'm sure. <laughs> but I am a naturally curious person. I I have read books on history. I I think of myself as extremely well educated, and the blind spots that I am di- and I'm like 34 years old, and the blind spots that I'm discovering are massive and embarrassing. Yeah. And. And but here's the difference. You're learning them now and you're like, holy shit, this was a big blind spot that I should have known about. And what's annoying is that there are people who are coming across this and still saying, nope, don't care. Like, yeah. I'm going to a rally with the red cap. I uh, this week I started doing this thing. It's called and you had to let me finish the sentence before you make fun of me. I'm moving away from the mic. <laughs> it's called a white affinity group. Jesus. And it's, it's okay. No, 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 no. You have to hear me out because it sounds bad, but it's good. It is something that sprung from um, a friend of my sister-in-law's is a PhD student. Um, and she runs in schools like race affinity. So basically dealing with racism and things like that. And then they started realizing that it really sucked to have a bunch of white people working out. They're like, weird race issues with black people in the room who are just like, we don't, I don't need to do this. So we, there's like, I think seven of us are reading a book. Um, I think let's, let's talk about race is, I uh, no. So you want to talk about, so you want to talk about race or something like that. So we're going to read that and talk about it and like dissect our, like a um, white book club about black books. Yeah. And I understand the optics aren't good, but like, but good, you're learning. Way for us to like try to get in the better place. And it was interesting. Our first thing was like write down kind of a summary of your life from zero to 10, 10 to 18, whatever. And and then we had to kind of look through it through a lens of race. And I realized that I've spent so much of my life being introspective about how my life was affected based on my gender and based on like religion around me, because that's what I do for this, right? Like I just do a lot of thinking about this kind of garbage. And I have the immense privilege that I've never had to look through my childhood and say like, where did race impact me here? And anyway, so the point is like, I fully acknowledge I'm a fucking mess of a white person. I'm doing my best to be better. Um, Black lives matter. Abolish. I want to get to a different story because it I'll, I'm going to go to this only because of what you just said that you've had that 
luxury to to not have to worry about race. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, here is an article. This is from Micah Clark, who is the president, the executive director of the American Family Association of Indiana. Oh, um, God, that's this- Bad combination. Mm-hmm. Uh, so white Republican heads up a Christian right group in Indiana. And the article is called America is not racist. I'm not going to read the whole thing. Sure, Micah. Uh-huh. But I want to read one paragraph in particular because you can you can tell he really doesn't buy into systemic racism. And he thinks that because he's he doesn't like belong to the KKK. Therefore, he cannot possibly be racist. I'm not even wearing my hood right now. It's right. at dry cleaners. <laughs> All right. So here's one paragraph in a very, very long article. I love America. That is underlined, oh, by the way. You. Underlined in the piece. I, I love America. And I an love adult the- writes, I love America, and not underlined. a second grader who's writing an essay about the 4th of July, he can go to fucking hell. <laughs> I love America, and I love the study of U.S. history. I thank the Lord that in his sovereignty, he blessed me by ordaining my birth here in 1967. Wait, it gets better. I almost never think of myself as, quote, white. I do often think of myself as an American. I believe that I have American privilege. I am so thankful for it. Here, here's the good part. I do not buy into, quote, white privilege. I cannot think of a better place for anyone of any ethnic background to live that offers more freedom, more equality, and more opportunity than the U.S. Okay. The idea. Is that one of those things that you uh, feed a bunch of um, like alt right blog posts into a bot, and then it spits <laughs> out. <laughs> it's like, yeah, KKK Mad Libs or something. <laughs> yeah. So here's the thing: like, imagine how good it is that this guy got to go through life never having to think of himself as white because he was just default. You know what I mean? Like he never had to think of race because no one around him in oh, Indiana. Straight white men are the default. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's a uniquely white privilege. People of color, and I don't even think I can include myself in this, but like I was well aware that I was brown from a very young age. You know what I mean? Like, but people of color don't have that luxury. You are constantly thinking. And by the way, I could say this for women. I could say this for uh, LGBTQ people. Anyone who is not in that traditional cis white male thing. Yeah, you are constantly reminded you are not that. You and are an I'm other. Not, not all of them are as bad as other ones, like relatively speaking. But like... Yeah, this guy never had to think about it because he was never pushed to think about it. But what's different is that people like this guy, Micah Clark, um, who is a Republican who worked for Republicans in, uh, I think, the state legislature at the very least, like they have made lives worse for people who are not like them through things directly like voter suppression or Mm -hmm. indirectly like Flint because they refuse to do anything. And I'm not saying Democrats are great on any of this stuff, but this guy doesn't want to blame anybody. Um, And then uh, that's not even my favorite part of this whole article. I'm going to tell you my favorite part. Um, Where, where, where did it go? Here we go. This is my favorite. Okay. Mm -hmm. I'm going to read you. He, at the very bottom, he said, uh, 
referring to the title, America is Not Racist, he said, let me pass along a couple of facts that point to my title of this item. Okay, mm-hmm. five bullet points. Number mm-hmm. five, here's why America is not racist. The percentage of interracial marriages involving a <laughs> black spouse has tripled since 1980. Boom. Wow. Yes, people are marrying black people, like white people are marrying black people. Therefore, wow. you think America's racist? By the way, Loving v. Virginia happened when? Uh, oh, no, I believe it was 60 years ago today? It was It was 67, whatever that is. Years ago. Like, okay, 50, he also adds bullet point four. 50 years ago, only 3% of marriages were interracial that's because it was illegal in some places. But by 2015, 17% of newlyweds had a sp- spouse from a different racial background. Mm-hmm. Boom. Mm-hmm, 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 Another mm-hmm. thing he says, uh, bullet point three, he's referring to white couples in the U.S. who decide to adopt a kid from overseas. Mm-hmm, the percentage mm-hmm, of international U.S. adoptions that are interracial is 84%. So white people adopt black or Chinese babies. Therefore, we're not racist. There's nothing racist about that. Yeah, I don't know, man. I'm just looking up stats on life expectancy of black people. And I believe the life expectancy of a black trans woman is like 35. So, yeah, no. America is not racist. Good job. Yeah. Do you think his editor put a little sticker in the corner of his essay? Like... Good job, John. You really nailed this one. You sure I understand race. If someone's editing any of this stuff. <laughs> who's, um, who's this jabroni again? This is Micah Clark of Indiana, the American Family oh. Association. I got one more story along the same thing, then we can move on to a different topic. But the yeah, GOP. About Micah Clark of Indiana. It's along the same lines. The GOP announced this week that instead of crafting a platform, which is their statement of what we stand for, what we believe in, they're just not. They're not going to do it. They're, they don't have a 2020 platform. They are going to take what they, sorry, they are going to take what they did in 2016, stamp 2020 on it, and they're done. Which is partly hilarious because the 2016 platform, <laughs> it constantly says how awful the quote current president is and also says uh the gravest peril originates in the white house no yeah it constantly shits on the person who's in the white house that's the 2016 republican platform they're just like yeah we're just gonna keep using that they didn't even like control f replaced throughout Nope. I mean, maybe later, but nope. They officially voted and said, we're just going to recycle 2016. Mm-hmm. I And the only reason I bring this up is I want to point out, because some of you may not have been politically savvy, cognizant in 2016 of what was happening, but this was bad in 2016, this platform. Mm-hmm. And if they're recycling it, let me tell you what the Republican Party is saying we stand for. Oh, yeah. Because um, they're recycling it again. 
I'm going to run through, I'm not going to read all of it, but here's a section on them condemning marriage equality and LGBTQ rights. They said, in Obergefell, five unelected lawyers, referring to the Supreme Court, robbed 320 million Americans of their legitimate constitutional authority to define marriage as the union of one man and one woman. Whoa, wait, 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 Hemet. Five unelected lawyers. Unelected. Are they shitting on the concept of the Supreme Court? Oh, yeah, which is something they always did when Obama was in power. Really? But but now that they have the edge, a 5-4 edge on the Supreme Court, suddenly they don't call them unelected lawyers. Shocking. Here's another thing that was in the 2016 platform. Um, Oh, they want the Ten Commandments back in school. They say, we support the public display of the Ten Commandments, uh, dot, dot, dot. It's, Which, again, if you need to see the words, thou shalt not kill, to not kill someone, you got bigger problems than the monument. It's wild that they wanted to focus, like, just thinking, like, five years ago when this was this platform was being put together. They're like, okay, what's some important things? Okay, we need the Ten Commandments at school so the mm-hmm. children can see it. Five years later, they fucked up so bad there aren't children in schools right now. And not June. <laughs> but if they had gotten their way, they're going to least one on, God. They're gonna have to put one on everybody's like desktop because they nobody's going to <laughs> buildings anymore. One of your Zoom squares has to be a picture <laughs> of the Ten Commandments. <laughs> or your background. <laughs> this is another thing in their platform. The GOP wants the Bible back in schools. They said, we encourage state legislatures to offer the Bible in a literature curriculum as an elective in America's high schools, which uh, technically it's fine if they actually taught it as literature because there is value to that, Mm -hmm. except they never do. We've seen it. Like they usually use Bible as literature to speak in Bible as fact, Bible as truth, Bible as actual history. I think that's one of my least favorite things about, um, about the, oh okay i was gonna say my least favorite things about the christian right but that list is so very long i can't even begin to pick yeah. a favorite but one of the things that does irk me as as uh, somebody who's a lit major is that i wish i learned more about religion in high school right. like i wish i learned more about christianity and more about Again, buddhism and more than, there's I think definitely there's value in well, comparative religions bible I, is religion but yeah i took a, like an early english uh, early British literature course or something like that, that we did like Chaucer. And one of the things is we, I, I might've mentioned this before, but we had to read the book of Genesis and I had never read it. And it was just like, this is you a boring. But, but yeah. be like, it, it I just made- filmed on YouTube. I've been going through Genesis for videos and I just finished chapter 10, which is all the first section of all the begats. And holy oh, hell. Brother. Jesus. How many of those are there? Uh, it was 31 or 32 verses of just this person had the following 87 kids. Let's us, let us name them. It's like, oh my God. God, you would think that if God had written the Bible, he would have made it more interesting. Yep. Nope. 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 Oh, by the way, back to the GOP platform. Here's another part. I'm skipping through. Here's a part in us under a section titled ensuring safe neighborhoods, criminal justice, and prison reform. Mm. 
All right. What do you think I'm about to tell you about when it comes to criminal justice in prison? They're proposing to put up chain link fences around the south side of Chicago or something. Good try. Nope. Their concern is porn. (laughs) (laughs) Under Under this section, they said pornography with its harmful effects, especially on children, has become a public health crisis that is destroying the lives of millions. Sorry, am I having a stroke? What? What um prison reform section. that was this <laughs> By the way, the thing that makes me laugh is I think in 2017 Ted Cruz was caught liking adult content on Twitter. Do you remember that? That is an evergreen laugh for me. That is something oh, that I think about glorious. once a week and it really just lifts me up. <laughs> he said it was an accident, of course. Mm. There was also a section in the GOP platform about uh, title nine basically saying i'm paraphrasing here trans people don't count under title nine activity if like a trans girl wants to compete in sports nope no good can't do that which turns out they were predicting jk rowling way back then Oof. boom current are we gonna talk about jk rowling or are we just gonna Leave it at that. I mean, I don't even know what to add. It turns out she has horrible views on trans people, oh, and but- everyone in her life circle professionally is like, Joe, what are you doing? Stop it. Dan Radcliffe like, wrote, Dan, my close personal friend, Dan, yeah. Dan yeah. Radcliffe wrote a really nice piece about it. And it, he was very blunt, I thought. Very blunt. Uh, Emma, like trans women are women, period. <laughs> like then he goes on, but like it was very Robert, Emma Watson. Emma Watson. There's yeah. many, many Emmas. Emma, mm-hmm. Emma Watson tweeted something as well. Like it, it, and and I do like that they acknowledge like she is the reason that we have, we have careers. A career and <laughs> nobody. And, and I, the I books think the may have influenced yeah. you and you can separate the two if you want. But also she's totally wrong on this. Here's what I don't get. She has all the money in the world. But apparently she has no friends who will stop her and be like, let me sit you down and talk to you about this. Or well, no editor to look at her explanation. Like, you, you can know? hire an editor. She did. I mean, they had editors for her books, but she could have just said, hey, I'm going to post this thing on my website Someone want to read this over? You know, and tell I, me if I'm missing something. I'm glad she fucking showed her ass. Like it sucks, and it's I think really, really hurt. Th- this is not the first time this has come up, so I'm I'm more frustrated. Like her views are important, but I knew her views already. Yeah. To me, it's like really J.K. Rowling right now. Now <laughs> yeah. is the moment that we're in the middle of a pandemic. Hip anti-trans platform needs to grip the world. Like you have millions of dollars, all you have to do is nothing. Like Like, shut up and Scrooge McDuck into your pile of gold. They still have gold in Britain, right? I assume that's the currency. (laughs) Um, my favorite thing about this GOP agenda thing, like you remember Republican atheists? They always that group. They always get mad because they're like, no one ever reaches out to us to ask about anything. So last yeah. night I contacted Republican atheists and I'm like, I got one for you. GOP platform. They're recycling it. My post, I'm posting about this like today morning, tomorrow morning. What do you do? You have anything to say about it? Because surely you can't. Do you support all this stuff? Because it's just a gift to the Christian right. Mm. Or are we all missing? Like, go ahead comment i'm asking you tell to me comment. i'm wrong tell me how i'm wrong right um and their response which i got the red receipt on facebook like immediately 
And then I didn't get a response until like earlier this morning. And that response said, well, Donald Trump said they're going to revise it because he tweeted like fake news. They didn't have a new platform. We're looking at it. And I'm like, no, he's lying. They already voted on this. The Republican National Committee passed their resolution saying no new platform. It's done. Trump is lying. And they wrote back his like and said, we'll wait and see. I'm like, Jesus Christ. That was my favorite part about this. I mean, you have to be able to compartmentalize in a real special way to be I genuinely an want a Republican, a woman Republican, a human being with a beating heart Republican. If they just said all we care about is money and taxes and re- Republicans want to know tax and we don't care about you and we don't care about who they hurt. Yes, exactly. That would be honest. Just say that. But don't pretend the Republicans care about church state separation, science, uh, anyone's lives. Like, they don't. Just admit it. That's all I want. I want them to admit they hate it. They just want to troll libs, whatever. Um, Here's a different story. This one I genuinely am going back and forth on. I would love to get your take on it. Okay, here is the backstory here. In Alabama, the largest church in Alabama, like, imagine how big you got to be to be the largest church in Alabama. Uh, it's a church called Church of the Highlands, uh, evangelical I've church. I've heard of this. Has this come up before? I don't remember. But the pastor's name is Chris Hodges. Um, I watched a couple of the sermons. He seems like a standard run-of-the-mill, like pretty normal-looking dude who just gets up and does evangelical sermons. Nothing weird about that. Um, he also takes great pains to explain that, yes, his church is one of the more diverse churches uh, in the area, and he's proud of that. Like, he celebrates diversity. They do a lot of volunteer work in the area, too. Well, you got to think, with the biggest church in, in the country or whatever, like, black people are bound to just wander in by accident. It's just a lot That's of large true. numbers. And and there are a lot of pictures on the church's Instagram page of the white pastor surrounded by other black people. I don't know if there are other black pastors or other black members of the church, but okay, fine, whatever. I'm not even... That's black people he found in the streets. Yeah, (laughs) I was wondering, like, where do they come from? But they didn't uh, say. But here's the issue. Uh, A few weeks ago. Oh, one more thing that I got to say. This church uh, has a bunch of satellite campuses because it's a large mega church. And so they can't fit everyone. So they say, hey, if you live like an hour away, don't worry. We got you covered. We rented out space at a public high school on Sunday mornings and you can go there, which Mm -hmm. is legal. That's fine. They pay the money. They rent the space. Fine. They also uh, do volunteer work at a public housing community, which is a government program, I believe. So their volunteers go, they mentor the people who live there. They offer, I don't know exactly what they do. It seems like a nice thing on the surface. Um, They help. I don't know if they're allowed to proselytize. That's a separate issue. But okay, so this is what they do in the community. So a few weeks ago, Chris Hodges, the head pastor of this place, uh, is on Twitter he likes a couple of tweets by Charlie Kirk, who is a conservative. Yeah, yeah, who is like basically a right-wing provocateur who just says Fox News Channel type of things and posts shitty memes and stuff like that. So of the Charlie Kirk tweets that this pastor liked, I'll describe a couple of them to you. One 
is a two-picture thing side by side. One picture is Donald Trump standing next to Muhammad Ali and Rosa Parks. It's from the 1980s. They all re- it's it's a real picture. They all received awards for different things, mm-hmm. and they were all in the same room together. And the caption says, "Oh, there's the racist Donald in quotes, the racist Donald Trump in the 1980s," because they're saying he's not. Followed well, by a picture of North Carolina Governor Roy Cooper supposedly in blackface. Uh, next to the KKK guy from college. Right, yeah. I'm sorry, Desi Roy Cooper, uh, Ralph Northam from Virginia. Uh, progressive leftist Ralph Northam in the 1980s saying, look, this progress, this Democratic governor was supposedly in blackface, but here's Donald Trump with Rosa Parks. And it's a stupid meme because Trump was kicking black people out of his like, like houses in the 80s. Honestly, that is on par with saying that the Republicans like voted to free the slaves. Like, yeah, exactly. It shows no knowledge of what else. Here's another understanding of context. Another Charlie Kirk post. It was a meme of Obama playing golf with a quote from Michelle Obama saying everyone should stay home except for essential activities, which makes no sense. Obama's not in office. Let the man play golf. Who cares? There's another one. I assume during quarantine he was playing golf. Uh, I don't even think he was playing golf. It's an old picture. They just slapped a stupid saying under it because that's how Republicans make memes. Well, what I've learned from this. Uh, Obama's not allowed to play golf. Is the- sure. What I've learned from this quarantine is it's impossible to get rich people to not play golf. It's literally yeah. impossible. They, It's like a magnetic attraction. It's, <laughs> it's unsettling, frankly. The third one and final one is a picture of uh, Charlie Kirk donating blood with a caption, we must all do our part to defeat China virus. Yeah, so just going full racist. I thought they were doing Chinese virus. I thought they, they were going China Wuhan. Virus? I thought oh, yeah, Wuhan, Wuhan virus, but like whatever it is, it's like, all right, it's racist. And also it's the other ones are unfair slash not stupid. accurate, stupid. Slash so, stupid. Like you so, can't. So this pastor likes those three posts, which if you don't use Twitter means he clicked on a heart on all of those things. And unless you are searching for what did this guy's profile like, you probably won't even know it, though, depending on your Twitter algorithm, maybe it pops in your feed because you follow this pastor. So if he liked something, Twitter might recommend it to you. So this lady who's unconnected, disconnected from all of this, like a teacher, finds these posts that he's liking. And she says in a Facebook post, I question behavior like this from a Christian man. I can't stand in judgment and question his faith, but it's problematic for me that he uses his platform to support a man with clear biases and a limited perspective. Mm -hmm. That's what she wrote on uh, Facebook. Random person did that and word got around. And since then, this pastor has gotten in some trouble. The the high school where he was renting space for his satellite campus said, we're not doing business with you anymore. The housing project where members of his church volunteered said, no, we're ending our lease with you guys. Or we're ending, uh, you can't volunteer here anymore. We don't want to put up with your racism. Really? And, yeah. So interesting. Because first of all, there's no right to have these contracts with all these people. They can say, no, we're not justifying a hate speech or something. Sure. Now, a lot of conservatives, and this is why this became news this week, because it's now news that these groups are canceling with this pastor, conservatives are like, this is cancel culture run amok. Um, 
This is from Ed Stetzer, uh, writing for Christianity Today, who is, as far as conservative Christians go, one of the more level-headed, like, he doesn't, he's a a never-Trump type of Christian, works at Wheaton College, not far from us. Here's what Ed Stetzer said about this guy. The cancel culture communicates here. We won't take your money, tweet liker. We won't let you serve our communities either. Out with you, because we are inclusive. He's mocking all these people canceling their contracts. And he goes on to say, look, each of us has said or done something at some point that deserves conversation, perhaps even confrontation. That is undeniable. But does every instance require public shaming and, in this instance, a cessation of ties that has offered so much good to so many? In other words, the volunteers at these public housing places were, as far as anyone else has said, they were doing good work. People liked them. There was no issue with them, but they cut the ties with this church. Um, as far as the high school lease, like there, the church wasn't doing anything wrong. And it's not like the school was saying, we don't like what you promote religiously. That wasn't the issue. There was no issue there. Uh, the only reason any of these things are happening is because this pastor liked some tweets um, he didn't deny that, by the way. He said, yeah, I did. I think his he did issue an apology of sorts where, uh, what did he say? He said, like, I shouldn't. Oh, here it is. He said in a statement, I realized that I have hurt people that I love deeply because I liked multiple insensitive social media posts. Each one was a mistake. I own it. I'm sorry. That is what he said in his statement, which is a little weird to me because like I use Twitter and it's like, you don't go like each one like was a mistake. Like, and right. that's why, Oh, Obama fun. Haha. <laughs> like, like what you didn't accidentally sit on your phone. You sat there. You here's what, so here's where I'm, here's what I wanted to bring up. Is it fair to punish the church for what this pastor did on Twitter? Is it that big of a deal? I guess. Cause it's not like he was, like, had no one seen his likes, you would not have known anything was weird. And as far as his church goes, he is known for having a diverse church. He is not known for having a, a racist congregation. I don't know what they actually teach or if that plays into racism, because maybe that happens unintentionally. But this is not a guy known for being racist. Um, so did it go too far or... Is this like, no, you like those tweets. Now we know what you really think. Or at least part of you sees a racist joke and laughs at it. Part of you sees this stupid mockery of Obama and you think, that's hilarious. Sure got his. Yeah. Or you see this picture of Trump with Rosa Parks and actually think that's legit. Like, yeah, Trump was good for black people. Like any of those things are like, I question your judgment. I think you're an idiot. And clearly what you think in private is very different from what you portray from the pulpit. But I don't know. Like it it is weird to go far because uh, it is weird to have consequences for liking a tweet when, I don't know, like Ted Cruz liked the porn tweet like we mentioned earlier. And it was a funny joke for a few days. Uh, and Cruz was like, it was an accident, you guys. We accidentally pressed it. I don't know what the deal was. Uh, even I, if it's legit, it's like, whatever. That was just silly. No one cares. Like, it's you who cares about it. 
I don't know. To me, I feel it's justified because this guy liked stuff that reveals something mm-hmm. very racist or super conservative to the point of being insane because mm-hmm. that's what Charlie Kirk represents. It's not like a fiscal disagreement. It's, right. haha, racism makes me laugh. And if that's what this pastor is, I can understand everyone saying, you know what? I'm going to step away from you. Yeah. I, um, uh, I, but I every conservative you're... site is like, cancel culture, run amok. Right. Uh, uh, I, I, I agree. There's nothing that you said that I can argue with. Um, yeah. I do agree with you. Do I think that the consequences of his relatively innocuous action may have been blown out of proportion? Possibly. However, we are living in a country where people are murdered for being black. So forgive me if this guy isn't at the top of my pity list of, right, right. of like whatever can't like, what is, <laughs> what is police violence against black people? If not cancel culture taken extremely literally, right? Mm-hmm. Like you look in a way I disagree with. So I'm going to fucking murder you. So like, I guess in con- maybe if, the- maybe if we had this conversation a year ago or five years ago, mm-hmm. I would have said I would have been more, cause my instinct is like, Oh, that does seem a little more than is necessary. Like you think I think you're saying I all this because of the right, like because of the riots and the George Floyd stuff right now, or is it be, yeah, like, like this guy really is, even now you think these Trump jokes are hilarious? No, it, it's the former of like if we're seeing what's going on around the world, like I don't feel great about spending our time being concerned that a rich white man might be slightly less rich in a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like I, I just have a hard time. I guess I have a hard time carrying, and that's not well, and I want to point I'm out what did he actually lose here? Because I want to point out he still has his church. He didn't lose his job over this or anything. I I will say, if he wants to explain why, if he wants to explain, like, because he said what in that apology? He said, um, I'm looking at a different part of his apology here. Uh, He said something like, I'll own it. I saw something. uh, He said, by the way, he told his church, I'll own it. I like those tweets. But that is not what I believe. And then he said in a written statement, I liked multiple insensitive social media posts. Each one was a mistake. And all I'm saying is like, you have a pulpit every week. You are free to explain why someone like Charlie Kirk is full of shit and why those memes are not actually funny. You can do that. That's not illegal. I'm not asking you to endorse Biden. Like he has a weekly platform to actually explain what he thought was funny or why those things are not funny and why we shouldn't laugh at them. He hasn't done that. Just deeply misread the room. Like, did he think that those things were in line with what his community would have thought? Because that seems like a fair. It could be. I mean, in evangelical churches full of people, I mean, his white evangelical church, even if there are diverse Mm -hmm. uh, makeup, those people are full of Trump supporters. Yeah. And again, we've talked about this, like what is conservative humor? It's Rush Limbaugh calling a woman who says, I want birth control. It's calling her a slut. Mm-hmm. Like that's their form of humor. Just like, haha, I called someone a name. Trust me, I, that's hysterical. I've just heard uh, to, that one before. Well, and that's the thing. Like you can't pretend you are bringing races together and then laughing at shit like that. Um, yeah. I could also say he's, 
he's free to also speak out against the moral bankruptcy of conservatives and not just saying like racism is bad. Jesus is good. Let's all get along. But actually pointing out that he gets it. I want to see his paperwork. I want to see his work. Don't just put out a statement. Show me what you're doing. And just saying I exist in a diverse church doesn't cut it. I have two thoughts. One is that, yes, I, I agree with you that when we say like, oh, so-and-so liked this tweet or retweeted something, it's not just the act of tweeting or retweeting. It is the implicit admission that this is something you agree with or that speaks to you in some way. Yeah. Um, and maybe and it would be even more disturbing to realize he liked those things thinking there was no issue with that. Right. I, it, in circles where that is funny. It makes me think of like the uh, grabbing by the pussy tape that like Billy Bush got fired, even though he wasn't, he didn't necessarily say anything terrible. He just didn't push back on this yeah. monster. Um, it, the other thing is that I guess I'm more surprised that there was this kind of blowback. Cause I feel like we talked about something like this last week that, I don't remember what it was, but I'm if I had seen that, if I had seen somebody I respect like a Charlie Kirk tweet, I would say like, oh, fuck, like some shit is going down. Like, I need to figure out what's Mm. going on here. But like if my dad or my racist uncle, of which I have several, no brag, if they liked a Charlie Kirk thing, I'd be like, well, yeah, that tracks with basically what I know. Yeah, that's on brand for what they're doing. I guess I'm kind of. More than anything, I'm shocked that he got this kind of a response. And you said this is Alabama, right? Alabama. So it's not like he's in the middle of like New York or LA or like some bastion of of liberalism. No, I mean, it's a conservative church, I'm guessing, full of Trump supporters. So I I, honestly, I think he liked those tweets because that is what passes for humor in his circles. And the fact that someone else outside his circles saw it and they said, this is the guy you all hold up as like some role model in our community. Like he's not. And maybe it's nice when someone else pushes by the way the person who posted those screenshots her t- uh, facebook account i think she had to disable it because she was probably getting hate sure. the pastor himself disabled his twitter account so now he can't see what he likes at all um but all that happened um yeah it was it was interesting i only the conservatives seem to be worried about cancel culture because this is the worst thing that happened to them this week well i think while the- <laughs> the people who are worried about cancel culture are people who have to be worried about something. Yeah. I mean, can you imagine being a Christian seeing all this shit happen to this guy? Yeah. And they're all like, oh no, look yeah, at all this stuff. Good one. <laughs> well, no, I was like, imagine all the shit they like on social media. Like everyone's clearing out their Twitter histories really yeah. quick. Because all these other pastors like way worse stuff, I'm sure. That's sort of the benefit of I do. I use time hop, which is the thing that it's like this day in history. So every one of my tweets and Facebook posts comes up on me. And I mean, I've said some things that I wouldn't say now. Like I made a girl's outfit in the gym and that's not the kind of thing I would do anymore. Yeah, yeah. Really, the only thing that's changed between me and like, you know, 2020 me and like 20... 2009 me is I was much less funny than I am now. Um, What I thought was a funny tweet was literally just quoting a song lyric. And I was like, fucking nailed it. Werewolves (laughs) of London got you. (laughs) Uh, I'm very curious if anything happens with that guy beyond what's already happened. I don't know. Genuinely surprised. I'm not really 
dismayed or distraught, I'm more curious to see how this plays out, to see how yeah. his congregation responds, etc. It just happened. It, it's it's been in the news this week, so we have time to figure out what happened. Um, I want to move to Liberty University because we talked about Jerry Falwell. There. You can move there. Have fun. <laughs> me uh, Jerry Falwell posted that tweet with Ralph Northam doing the, the blackface thing, and he thought it was hilarious because, again, conservative humor is hilarious. But the backlash was impressive because you had a lot of people speaking out against his racism. But this is an update that happened this week that surprised me quite a bit. There was, uh, his name is Laquan McLaurin. He is a Liberty graduate who then got hired as their the school's director of diversity retention, which is a fancy way of saying, you're black, we need your help to keep black people on campus. And he resigned this week from Liberty University in response to Falwell's racism. But here's where it gets more interesting. Last week, I believe, a lot of other black staffers either resigned or because they already graduated or have left, they wrote a letter saying Falwell's racist and we can't give money to the school. We can't recommend the school to people who come to us for advice. And you guys need to fire this guy to the board. They did not. I'm kind um, of impressed that Liberty University had any black teachers. <laughs> yeah, they had a few. It's not a lot. Um, but here's the thing that uh, Laquan McLaurin did this week. He created on GoFundMe what he called the LU. All Underground Railroad with LU at the beginning there. L Underground Railroad? LU. Lunderground. Lunderground Railroad. Basically saying, I want to raise $30,000 so that we can give 15 people $2,000 each because he's saying there are a lot of professors, people of color who are dealing with racism who work at Liberty University, and maybe they do want to get the hell out of there because Jerry Falwell's racist, but they can't because this is their job and mm-hmm. they can't afford to not be in a job for a while, but we can give them $2,000 as a cushion because they're not going to get severance pay or whatever it is, or uh, and they don't have tenure at Liberty. Um, basically, he's saying this fund is being set up for all the LU employees that would like to leave but are afraid of how it'll affect them financially. Um, he's raised more than $10,000 as of a couple of days ago. That's a very nice thought. It's 15, 15,000 now. Yeah. That's a very, very nice thought, but I'm not sure how impactful two grand is going to be for. Yeah. It's, it's like the $1,200 checks. That <laughs> That's Trump exactly what I'm out. It's That's like, exactly well, it's fine. It's fine. Especially if you have nothing, relatively nothing, but like it'll go away really quick. It's not in like, I don't think I could leave a job, even if I'm getting paid relatively little for just that much. Oh, absolutely not. You know, so, but it's a nice thought. And I like the fact that there's a lot of backlash. Do you want a fun story for a second? I guess. Are we allowed to have fun anymore? I don't like it. This is, this will be fun. So creationist Kent Hovind, he's the guy who has a low budget creation museum in, (laughs) what is it? Alabama, Arkansas? Florida, I thought. No, that one got taken away from him um but in any case this guy was convicted of not paying his income taxes years ago uh in 2006 he basically bragged about not paying income taxes the irs went after him they noticed that he structured his bank transactions so that he would always withdraw just under ten thousand dollars at a time so the bank would never have to report it 
Um, he always said in public speeches he didn't have to pay his taxes because his yeah. money and property belonged to God, not the government. And so basically he wasn't paying his taxes forever. And the government went after him and he was convicted of not paying his taxes. And he was sentenced to prison for a decade. Um, and by the way, his wife, his then wife, also got dragged into this whole mess. She went to prison for a year and in 2015, Kent Hovind got out of prison. And ever since then, he created this shitty little version where, uh, like, what, two weeks ago, a kid drowned. We talked about that. I think. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, he did that. He makes these YouTube videos where he's like, this is a broccoli. It disproves evolution. It's ridiculous. That's broccoli disproves. I thought they were into Dude, the banana. These videos are... F- no, vi- that ban- banana is a different creationist. This guy does every, every other type of food you can imagine. Honestly, but anyway, I remember the first time I saw the yeah. banana video and I laughed for four years. It was yes. the funniest shit I've ever seen. <laughs> if you guys haven't time. seen the Ray Comfort banana video, it it's what, Banana the Atheist's Nightmare or something? Uh, yeah, the Atheist's Nightmare. back when... When the things we had to worry about were people thinking that atheists were wrong. And now <laughs> we're fighting battles in the street, I guess. I don't yeah. know. Okay, um, go ahead. In addition to the prison time, he had to give up 10 properties, including the old dinosaur adventure land, not the new one that he created now. And by the way, he had a buddy that Dude, worked with him. And properties? Dude, these people make a lot of money. Pay um, their taxes, my dude. Right? It wasn't that hard. He had another a buddy of his who worked in his ministry, Paul John Hansen, who was also given a prison sentence for a different reason. So anyway, this is this guy's history. It's a lot of uh, him doing stupid things that even he admits to doing, and then he gets mad that anyone's punishing him for it. He's always claimed they went after him because he's a Christian. Um, and anyway, here's the update. That's what Wesley Snipes said when he went to jail. Did he go to jail? Did he just oh, get- yeah, that sounds right. For tax something something. Tax, for tax avoidion. Yeah. So here's what he's doing now that I just found out this week. He and his ministry buddy, Hansen, Hovind and Hansen, have filed a lawsuit against the U.S. government, the judge in both of his fraud cases or whatever, the U.S. attorneys who prosecuted them, an IRS agent, and his old attorney in from 2006 <laughs> saying they violated all of his legal rights. I'm going to quote. All of them? Yeah. First, fourth, fifth, sixth, ninth, tenth, thirteenth, 14th amendments. Which... First... Okay, I was going to look it up. I'm too bored I'm already. I'm sure the 10th Amendment is the states have rights, like that the federal the government. Amendment. I Wait, I'm going to look up. Certain seizure, quartering, and... orders. I don't know. Um, commandments, Jessica, you're an idiot. <laughs> but he also says, like, well, right, that's what it's called. you took land from me, but you couldn't because it doesn't belong to the United States. It's a very Ammon Bundy sort of, I live here and the mm-hmm. government can't have it. But wait, it gets even better. Wait, can you reread the the amendments he thought they violated? Yeah. I just want to get some context. One, here. four, five, six. One, four, five, six, nine, ten, thirteen, fourteen. You thought thirteenth um, and fourteenth had to do with slavery, but nope, have to do with Kent Hovind and his creation. Or is the right of people to be secure in their persons, houses, papers, and effect against unre oh, certain seizure. Yep. Five is We're not going after all this. This has nothing to do no, with No, I just want to know. Permanent grand jury. Is this speedy trial? 
Why didn't I look up the child Nine. version of this? Anyway, while you look that up, I'm going to keep going. Nine? Um, He said he used to get invited to like 30 churches uh, weekly on average in 2006. But in 2020, that has dropped to zero. There's a pandemic going on, my dude. Um, He's basically saying, I used to be the shit a decade or plus ago. Everyone was inviting me everywhere. And now they think I'm a convict, so I'm not invited to go anywhere. He said my ministry was making a shit ton of money, but then I went to jail. And now my ministry doesn't make like any money. He also says... Like this is like me suing Lifetime Fitness Gym because I've gained weight during COVID. (laughs) He goes on. I used to do sick gains, guys. After I got home from jail, my wife divorced me, and my son won't talk to me anymore. And he doesn't get to see his own actions. Okay, I haven't. Here, the kicker is coming. I love him. Then the best part. Okay. He we calculated. Haven't part I haven't gotten there yet. He calculated how much he is owed. Oh, because heaven. by losing the speaking engagements and the suffering of losing access to his immediate family who don't doesn't want to talk to him. And because, and he calculated this, here's how much my ministry made in 04, 05, 06 before the the income fraud stuff. I'm so excited. I'm, and then he I'm cal- so excited about that. He calculated what his all of his properties would have made at a growth of 12% a year because that would have happened undeterred. 12%? 12%, dude. It's pretty solid um, gains. Punitive damages and emotional distress and anguish. Oh, and also $3,500 a day that he spent in prison. That's what he wants. Because if you are wrongfully convicted and you get sent to prison, I think somewhere you get $3,500 a day. He admits that he didn't pay his taxes, right? Yes, but he thinks they should not have gone after him because they were interfering with his religious practices because God. So, by the way, he was in jail for more than 3,000 days. So that alone, the the amount of money for the eight years, Mm 8.5 years he was in jail, comes out to more than $10 million Oof. just for that. But let's toss in the punitive damage, emotional distress, the anguish, the financial damages. He is suing the government. So excited. Drum roll. $536 million. All right. <laughs> right, let me be more specific. $536,041,100. Half a billion dollars. <laughs> He thinks the government owes him. Do you think he calculated what taxes he'd have to pay back on that? Or did he just... <laughs> it's the biggest number a creationist has ever seen in oh, his life. Oh, my Christ. I'm surprised oh. he didn't do like 144000 because in the Bible, that's the biggest number. Right. <laughs> um, there's a CPA, Peter Riley, who writes at Forbes, and he follows this stuff very meticulously because this is right in his wheelhouse. And he spoke to one of the defendants who's being sued, one of the U.S. attorneys who prosecuted the case against Ovind, because he's spoken to her before. He's like, what do you think of this case? She said, the suit will be dismissed quickly for a number of deficiencies. Hovind has been trying to ruin my life for 15 years. Hasn't succeeded yet. (laughs) Oh, my God. Yeah. 
Half a billion dollars. Half a billion. He thinks his shitty, like, people can drown in my half-ass pool is somehow worth a... Half a billion dollars. Yeah. Man, we should start to put together a thing, like, if we get sent to jail or, like... An internment camp, which seems more likely at this point. We should definitely try to put a, a monetary value on the the entertainment that we bring, entertainment and facts that I we bring to people. I think it's at least $750 billion worth yeah, of Yeah, well, I think we should do $1 billion per person that listens. So what, that's yeah. like $5 billion so a we piece. are at <laughs> negative dollars right now. Yeah. It's it's creationist math. Anything Minus goes. the cost of hosting the website and Squadcast. Yeah, right. <laughs> to pay them to be in jail. <laughs> um, I have two other really okay. quick ones here. Uh, this this cracked me up. Okay, in Tennessee. Okay, there are some states where if you want to, and I think this applies in Illinois. You want an absentee ballot. You want to vote early in an election. Maybe because of COVID right now, you don't want to mm-hmm. go to because uh, of rational election. fear of death. Yeah. Yeah. Um, or maybe you're not going to be home on election day. You can request an absentee ballot, get your ballot in the mail. They have a way of tracking it. It's not mail fraud or whatever Republicans say I it is. I do not want to talk about that right now. Yeah. It's totally fine. Well, in Tennessee, they require you to give them a really good reason that you want an absentee ballot. And there is a long list of reasons they will accept. Like you're older, you have a disability, you say it's impossible or unreasonable to vote due to COVID. That's a legit excuse. But what they don't allow is for someone who wants to vote early to just vote early. You have to give them an excuse. And so what happens if like you can't prove you're worried about COVID. Like, what are you going to do if you're our age? How do you prove something like that? How do you prove something like that? Because they could just maybe say no. But it turns out there is one of the items on the excuse list that says, if you are observing a religious holiday that prevents you from voting in person on election day or any time during the early voting period, you can request an absentee ballot. That's fine. So it turns out there's a guy, Tim Jacobs, who works for the state's Department of Environment and Conservation, which has nothing to do with this, but he's a state employee, who saw that and said, well, I'm going to set up a church. It's called the Church of Universal Suffrage. (laughs) And what does the church do? It exists purely to hold holidays anytime there's an election going on in Tennessee. So it turns out... This year alone, here's when their holidays are. July 17th to August 1st, which is early voting for the primaries. Uh And August 6th, there's a five-day gap like where there's no holidays. But then on election day for the primaries, August 6th, that's a holiday. Oh, and October 14th to the 29th, that's a holiday. And November 3rd, election day, that's a holiday. This is all they do. incredible. But of Um, course, if you want to be a registered church, you do have to have regular meetings. Sure. And so what does he do for that? Well, first of all, it turns out because of COVID. trivia nights because I'd be so into that. (laughs) He said uh, all Sunday services that we have wanted to have anyway are canceled because of COVID. Whoops. Um, But he did put on Facebook, let us bow our heads in silent contemplation of all forms of voter suppression and corruption. And meditation, even at a distance, counts as a service. I mean, so there you go. He's filling all the rules. I thought of John Oliver doing his bit on televangelism, <laughs> setting up his church. It's like, yeah, the IRS rules on what is a church. 
are so flimsy that anything could be a church. So this guy created a church for the sole purpose of getting around this stupid absentee law rules and the voter suppression in Tennessee. That is doing the work. That is, I am so impressed by that. Two things. One, it reminds me of a story um, Karen Stalls now told me, who is a linguist who wrote a book and it's called uh, God Save America or something about various religions around the U.S., and she went to a, um, she lives in, in Denver with her husband. Um, and she God went bless to America. God bless America. Did I say that? Is that what I said? I think that's what you said. Yeah. I'm close enough. Um, but she went to a Scientology place and was like, Hey, I'm here for your Sunday service. And they're like, Oh, sure. Definitely. <laughs> and she had to sit in the waiting room and she could hear them like scrambling around. Cause like, obviously they didn't hold services and they ended up just like getting an L Ron Hubbard <laughs> Um, The other thing I'd like to do, which is not um, nearly as important as what these fine folks are doing, but uh, November 3rd is uh, Daylight Savings Day, National Homemaker Day, and National Sandwich Day. Uh So if those are religious holidays for your religion, then you can tell the the state of Tennessee that you need uh, an absentee ballot. That's just me helping you guys. That's good. Um, I had one one last one. This is also out of Tennessee, but they, the state legislature house and Senate passed a law this week. Uh, The other one, the Senate, I think passed it this week. So it's a signature away from becoming law. And what it will do is it'll force public schools to allow kids to miss an hour of school every day so they can go to church. And basically, the rule says you can't punish kids who do that because it used to be a district by district thing. And in fact, this past uh, year, like earlier in December, the Knox County School Board in Tennessee said, we'll give this a trial run once a month. If a kid wants to leave for one hour and they have a ride to and from church, we'll give it a shot. Let's see what happens. It was a disaster. They hated it, like the district hated it, and they eventually decided, no, we are not doing this. It's a horrible idea. And now the state legislature has said, oh, no, you are all doing this, and we're not even giving you a choice. And by the way, it's not once a month. We're doing it every damn day. Every day. Every day. So what that means is imagine you're in high school in Tennessee where you have like a schedule where you have the same class, last period every day, in theory, if your church has a program set up, you could go ditch class to go to Sunday school. But you'd or- have to also fill that class, right? Like you can't get both the credits and the time off to go to church. I mean, right? yeah. I'm I don't assuming, know why that's the thing I'm worried yeah, about, but it you is. Would, you would have to make up the work somehow, but also you're not getting the education because you're never going to class. I'm, again, this is theoretical because who's leaving every day? But the school district can't do anything about this. And here's how it gets worse. Imagine if you're in a very rural part of the country, uh, the state rather, and like your entire class goes to this church. Like the teacher can't even teach. You as the student are almost pressured to go with your friends. That's not great. Imagine if you're not Christian, like good luck with that shit. What Um, is the scenario that they dreamed up that they thought this was necessary? Because church is more important than learning science, math, English. And it's the high school graduation. (laughs) Just just (laughs) starting. State house, 
90%. Nice work, Tennessee. (laughs) Well, we don't know what the standards are. Um, The state Senate passed it 31 to 0. The state House passed it 94 to 0. Like, no one, even the, like, two Democrats in state legislature, no one wants to be on the other side of this because it's it's already going to pass. Why would you raise a ruckus about it? Um, American Atheists actually did the calculations, and they said if students ditch school to go to church and there's enough kids gone that a teacher can't even teach. I remember when I was a teacher and kids took field trips, but they were all in the same English class or something. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So like my entire class is gone. I can't teach that day because I'm going to have to reteach it anyway. That right. It's a lost day for me mm-hmm. because everyone's gone. But basically, if they did it this way, schools would have to cut programming for all students. This is worst case scenario by up to 180 hours. That is a loss of 22.5 school days every year if all these kids disappear, or at least even if one kid disappears, that's how much they're not going to be at school. It's a lot. Um, Why is it church specific? Why doesn't it just say- It it applies to mosque. It applies to- No, no, no. I understand. But why is it religiously? I just, I'm just, this is, who asked for this? Who wanted this? Who benefits? Is this just so- Tennessee lawmakers can pat themselves in the back and say, like, hey, we're pro-Christian? Pretty much, yes. It's a very short bill. It just it just says one hour a day for religious moral instruction. That's it. That's all it says. Um, I would also say, here's where it, it could get fun, because this popped up when Knox County schools were trying to do this experiment. There, It turns out there is a Satanic Children's Ministry of Tennessee Oh, they just popped up when Knox County began considering this. But they posted a message this week saying, good news, Tennessee. Looks like the state is about to pass this bill. You know what this means? All caps, Satanism in all the schools. I don't know if they're just trolling or they actually have a program to be set up. But oh, how hilarious would that be if they got something set up? Um, I just want to uh, eat crow a little bit here. The um, (laughs) Oh, man. The Illinois high school graduation rate is lower. It's 86%. And we're the 20th highest. So we're right in the middle. Listen, I was trying to do a funny joke about Tennessee and it backfired. I apologize to all of the, what are the people from Tennessee called? They're not the show me. No, they're not show me. Volunteers. Is that volunteers? Is that it? We are the volunteers. I lived there for a minute. You did? Yeah. You don't know anything about me. I read your book about you. You did not. I did. It was okay. <laughs> yeah, volunteers. Volunteers. Huh. Were anyway. You there? No. Fuck. Do I need to reread oh, your yeah. book or can I just talk to you? I don't. It's all good. <laughs> um, well, okay, what's going on with this Ohio dude? Okay. Um, so there is an Ohio Republican. His name, yeah, he's a, oh, fuck, what's his name? Oh, Senator Steve Huffman. He's a Republican from Tip City in Ohio. Um, and we know, Hemant, you and I as human beings who, um, you know, read the news and have empathy that that uh, people of color are being disproportionately impacted by COVID, which is, yes. um, um, which is a failure. It is a point of systemic racism. It's a point of 
uh, healthcare system that's failing people. It's uh, there's many, many reasons. It's many ways to to blame this. Um, And I'm just going to go ahead and read this. And hoof. Um, I don't think there's any. Okay, he doesn't say the end bomb, so I'm just going to go ahead and read it. Um, so this was in response to uh, somebody asking why it's hitting the African-American community harder than white community. Uh, my point is, I understand African-Americans have a higher incidence of chronic conditions that makes them more susceptible to death from COVID. Pause editorializing. He's not wrong, but he also deeply misunderstands why that is a thing. Yeah. Like th- that doesn't happen in a vacuum. Black people aren't just more susceptible to chronic conditions. Right. Um, anyway. Quote, but why it doesn't, but why it doesn't make them success, more susceptible to just get COVID? That's not a sentence. Could it just be that African Americans or the colored population? Fuck, now that's on mic for me. The colored population do not wash their hands as well as other groups or wear a mask or do not socially distance themselves. Could that be the explanation of higher instances? So he thinks black people are suffering from COVID because they're dirtier than white people. That's his implication with that question. Yeah, you put hands simply, Hammond. Well done. What does this guy do for a living? Um, State senator? Oh, no, no. I read he has another job because state senators uh, have real jobs, too. Wait, I'm trying to find... No, well, he's on the cell, the Senate Health Committee, so that's cool. Go on. I know I'm where this is scary. going, and I'm waiting for you to find it, and I'm going to enjoy the hell out of this. Um. Okay. But, okay, I'm going to find it, and it's yeah. going to be good. COVID-19 mm-hmm. essential structure. Mm-hmm. MA has... The senator said this. Okay, I can't find it. You just tell me with your voice. Medical doctor. No, Hammond, no, no. I do believe, I don't have it in front of me, I do believe he got fired from his medical doctor job, but he's still in the state for this, for this, because they're like, Jesus, you racist asshole, you can't work for us. Um, I need to look that up. Don't quote me on this. I want to read um, Stephanie House, who is a Democrat from uh, from Cleveland. She's also the Ohio Legislative Black Caucus president. Oh, by the way, I will interrupt you here. He was fired from his job in the ER over this remark. Oh, over. Oh, good. God, thankfully some but consequences happen to people. Yeah, but the Republicans still he's keep him in the He's also a thousand years old, so he's definitely murdered black people through neglect at some point in his career. Um, quote, yeah, I just accused him of murder on air. Fucking come at me, dude. <laughs> quote, he highlights what racism is from a systemic perspective. Uh, He's a full legislator, but beyond that, professionally, he's a doctor. When we talk about the health disparities that happen because black folks aren't believed when they're actually hurt, they aren't given the treatment they need. Do you think that someone who acknowledges that the quote-unquote coloreds is going to give the love and care that people need when they come through these doors? Okay, what's her name again? Stephanie House, I love you. Let's get a drink sometime. Like, I, I feel like, the own like one of the silver linings of what's going on in politics right now is 
a lot of Democrats, and I cannot be clear enough, not all Democrats, hashtag not, <laughs> not all Democrats, but a lot of people are getting more and more plain spoken and no longer like tap dancing around like, yes. well, it was insensitive. This woman is like, no, no, no. That's what systemic racism looks like. He's a doctor. That means when black people came in, he was like, well, if you'd washed your hands, you wouldn't have gotten walking pneumonia or gotten in a car yeah. accident and broken your legs. So can't you just heal yourselves? Oh, God, why are people such a nightmare? And the weird, like that pastor who liked the Charlie Kirk tweet, it's like, he didn't think what he asked was a weird question. He asked it totally innocently, not even catching himself in the act, like, oh, maybe that came out wrong. What was the question again? Like his question of like, do the coloreds, do they wash their hands? At no point in there did he was like, did the cut? Oh, I better not say that word. Nope, none of that crossed his mind. He said it. And afterwards, I'm sure there was this long pause where he's like, how come no one's answering my question? Why are you all looking at me like that? Because he doesn't get it. And he has no one in his life yeah. who and would it, ever stop him. I think slips like that are are so telling and not like not that I'm like Freudian or whatever. But like if you say the N word or if you refer to black people as coloreds, that means that is what you normally say. Mm-hmm. in the privacy of your own home, right? Like, the reason I've never accidentally said the N-word is because I do not say it in my life, no matter <laughs> right. who is around. Right. And only somebody who says it regularly, like, I say fuck accidentally all the time. You know why? Because I always am saying fuck. So if somebody's right. dropping N-bombs right and left, quote unquote, by accident, that means it is part of their vocabulary. Which is the fun part of people saying, like, if you could see all those apprentice outtake tapes of what Show didn't appear. Tapes. Who's like, the coward who's sitting on those? Mark Burnett, the guy Fucking who runs Mark all Burnett. the reality shows. Oh, isn't he your survivor savior, bud? He is. Mm. Mm. I'll, mm-hmm. I'll let it go if he'll release the tapes. I'll give he up that dream. He won't and you won't. <laughs> I, that is so true. Um, but yeah, that's why they're all like, I'm sh- I can't imagine what it's like to be the the intern who's in charge of making Trump not say the N-word at a meeting. I can't. I just it's too much. <sighs> hey, where wow. do we find you? That was uh, a- wait, first I want to read a review. We've oh, gotten right. actually a couple good ones this week. Uh, this one I'm straight up stoked to read out loud. Okay. Um so um it's from some the name is without any vowel, seriously calm the fuck down. Um, And I'm going to read this and I'm going to give a little context. Um, I had originally written a review of this podcast a few months ago where I was critical of Jessica over some comments she made about JK Rowling being transphobic. At the time, I thought Jessica was being harsh, but after JKR's comments this week, I see that she was right to be suspicious. I'm a person who admits that I'm wrong. Jessica, I was wrong and you were right. Five stars were seen when I couldn't. Nothing that is awesome. Makes me happier than people <laughs> admitting that they're wrong, and I don't mean that in a like vindictive way or like see. And not because they're saying you were right, but saying just that- uh, they this person. And I vaguely remember this this review because I, I think I read almost all the reviews, and it was very much like, um, J.K. Rowling's transphobic. Like you guys are just lo- like this person like accused me of like trying to be offended about everything. Yeah, yeah. And I read this and I it genuinely funny. made my week. I, I have so much respect for people who can admit when they're wrong, especially someone like this who was like, this is unprompted. I, I haven't been like hassling this person <laughs> to be like, who's 
Trent, oh my Trent god! Like, no, I, so I had a. I, I think being an atheist, you have to do a lot of admitting when you're wrong, and um, so just massive amounts of respect for this person to to own this. I think it. I'm I'm extraordinarily impressed that this person. If you've been a woman on the internet as long as I have, <laughs> you learn that people do not apologize and do not like make any kind of amends. So I'm truly, sincerely touched that this person continued listening to this show, realized what happened, was like, whoopsie daisy, <laughs> misread that one. Anyway, thank you. Thank you very much for writing that. I'm I'm very impressed. That and, is awesome. Um, anyway, you can find me on Twitter. Um, I'm at Blueberry, B-L-U-E-B-U-R-I-E. If you want to cross-stitch, you can go to my Etsy shop. It's Bitches Get Stitch Done. I'm doing a fun custom uh, cross-stitch for a listener. I just did the sale today. There's a quote from the Twin Peaks uh, third season where in discussing trans rights, um, David Lynch in character says about people who... It's a long story, but he says about people who are anti-trans, fix your hearts or die, which is genuinely one of my favorite things <laughs> I've ever heard. So I'm making a, 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 um, a cross-stitch for, for this listener. So that's very exciting. Hemant, where can we find you? I am at Hemant Meta. Go to FriendlyAtheist.com. Find me on YouTube at FriendlyAtheist. Um, yeah. And you can also, uh, my husband and I started a podcast called Cooper Duper. Um, it, we're just rewatching Twin Peaks and, uh, and discussing it. My husband was a film major. He's very, very smart and insightful about things like this. And I am also there. Um, this past episode, the sound, we had a few sound issues that's going to be cleared up in the future. So don't let that put you off. I did everything I could, but turns out I'm an idiot, so I couldn't fix anything. Um, All right. Anything else you got, bud? No, we're good. All right. It's good talking to you. I'll talk to you next week. You too. Bye. Bye, guys.